The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, all the headlines that got us squawking after the long weekend. Mark Zuckerberg may be too honest about who should work at Meta. Tech investor Sarah Kunst. He's looking to trim the fat. He's looking to cut costs. And that could work really, really, really well for the stock price. Trump-era China tariffs could be rolled back. CNBC's Eunice Yoon. This would be a very difficult choice for President Biden. This potentially uh, might not have as big of an impact as one might think. A data surprise from Germany has global investors on edge. It's like one of my wordle streaks. When my wordle streak breaks, it, it ruins my day. Joe Kernan and Melissa Lee in studio. We've got a weekend almost from hell at the airports. Bezos butts heads with Biden. And Tesla, oh, it's got competition. Have you seen a Lucid? I saw one parked at a pretty swanky country club. I wonder if it was placed there as advertising. It's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Read that. What does that say? That's, that's, one, of, that's one of the problems we have <laughs> when we don't know what day it is. It's July 5th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand by, Joe, in three, two, one. Here's Mike. Here. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Melissa Lee, Becky, and Andrew uh, are off. It's Tuesday. We have... Uh, We've established that many, many times since the start of the show. <laughs> and only 25% of our time together is going to be spent today because we've got Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, which tickles me because I'm used to it, but uh, I, it's going to be, you are earning your keep this way. You're doing fast money every night of at Of course. How can I not do my own show? I know, but that means you're getting up at 3.30, so by yeah. the time you do your show at 5, you will have been up like 13 hours yes. already. I think, though, I hit my peak at 13, so maybe this is perfect. So <laughs> when you get a fruit basket from management every day. And, oh, and, every or, day. Or, or it, it, Cracker you know? Barrel or something. I don't know what the... the Flowers, what a, dance, a dancing bear, <laughs> I think, comes on Friday, the last day of the week. Yeah. Edible, uh, what do they think? Edible arrangements. arrangements. I, love, I love cantaloupe yeah. on skewers. No expense. I mean, you cannot beat that. No expense will be spared. I, I can guarantee I know. you that. I can you, feel it. First up, today on the podcast, we may have had a holiday and a long weekend, but we start where we often do in 2022. Are we headed for an economic slowdown? Investors are mired in a rough patch. It was a tough first half of the year for stocks, the worst since, if you listened to our podcast Friday, you know this, 1970. Record high inflation levels and the Federal Reserve's aggressive efforts to address the surge in prices have everyone worried about an American recession. Around the world, inflation is squeezing other economies. China's growth has taken a hit this year as COVID-19 outbreaks meant a return to lockdowns there and business closures. A slower China could hold back global growth as trade struggles to get back to pre-pandemic levels. 
And in Europe, the war between Russia and Ukraine continues. And one related headline today that caught our interest on Squawk Box, Germany, the largest economy in Europe, posted a trade deficit for the first time in more than three decades in May. The country relies on exports and manufacturing, but surging energy prices drove a jump in the value of imports from Russia, while Germany couldn't export to Russia due to Western sanctions. I'm just fascinated because this is a a microcosm of the world, really, and what's happening. So German reunification was in 1991, Mm -hmm. 30 years since that country has had to import more than it exported for, for a single month. So they had a 30-year streak. This is like one of my Wordle streaks. When my Wordle streak breaks, it, it ruins my day. I have, I've had 59 <laughs> straight twice. And, and it, on that day, what was it? It was like an impossible word. Cacao, C-A-C-A-O. What the hell is that? I don't is even that? know what that is. But that's what I missed oh. on. It was a couple weeks ago. But what's happening in Germany? You know what's happening. They, they spent how much on green initiatives no nuclear, none right. of the things they needed to do. They signed a Faustian deal with Putin and Russia for, natural, for, for oil and energy. And, natural, and now, after 30 years, they got a problem. And that now there's possibly a recession looming, which you wouldn't be very surprising the, the at this point. The bright side is that... But there is no bright side. <laughs> okay, I'll just be quiet then. <laughs> no, go ahead. What is um, the bright side? <laughs> is that we've actually seen oil and gas prices decline and and roll over. And so hopefully that will ease it a bit, although it's still very high. Um, I don't know if it eases it for for Europe. For Europe. I mean, Germany imports 24 percent of its total energy consumption is natural gas. And much of it, if not all of it, is imported. I saw another, you know who I follow on Twitter. You know the kind of tweets that I see. But I saw one over the weekend that trillions have been spent on renewables, solar, wind, yeah. all these things. Trillions, three, four, five trillion dollars. It's now less than 2% of global energy mm-hmm. supply. Could have spent a little bit of that on nuclear, could have spent a little bit of that uh, on, right. on other things. Diversification of right. your energy supply. Now, like you say, the good news is soybeans too, and lumber. Every, everything, everything, everything has come over. down. Relative to highs. Right, and everything's, and that, that should be good. But then the weird thing, I know that you saw, saw the journal too, is that we got like 3% unemployment. Right. But we may have a, a, we may have a negative output for, for GDP two quarters in a row. Yeah. That, that like never happens. So it's usually the opposite. Right. With, with, with low jobs. Unemployment. The opposite of right. high unemployment and good output where everybody's working hard. I'm not sure what, what it means with this. But are you, this, is, this is okay. Uh, we don't like tariffs, right, under any no. circumstances. If you're now to a developing story, one of many, President Biden reportedly ready to roll back some China tariffs. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen held a virtual call with China's Vice Premier uh, Liu He earlier today, and Eunice Yoon uh, joins us with uh, the story this morning. What, what's, what's the take over there on, on the, this possible move, Eunice? Well, the Treasury Department said that uh, Secretary Yellen had laid out the U.S.'s concerns. And so from the U.S.'s perspective, that is the impact of uh, Russia's war on Ukraine, as well as uh, China's, at least from what the U.S. believes, are China's unfair trade practices. From the Chinese perspective, the state media here, as well as the, um, the various ministries, including the Commerce Ministry, have said 
that the Chinese vice premier laid out the Chinese concerns, which are U.S. tariffs, sanctions, as well as what China believes is a mistreatment of uh, its companies uh, by the United States. Now, uh, the American readout did not include a mention of the tariffs, but there is a growing expectation that President Biden is uh, going to, at least in an effort perhaps to fight inflation, potentially roll back uh, maybe some of the tariffs as early as this week. Uh, this would be a very difficult choice for President Biden uh, because um, a lot of economists have said that even if there was a very large uh, tariff rollback, this potentially uh, might not have as big of an impact as one might think. In fact, uh, Barclays estimates that a maximum one time 0.3 percentage point drop would be seen. Now, there are also political considerations that President Biden would have that he could potentially look weak on China, especially if China doesn't give anything in return. And so far, at least publicly, it looks as though China isn't really wanting to cooperate a whole lot. The, the foreign ministry today reiterated their stance, saying that China's position has always been clear. The cancellation of all tariffs on China will benefit both China and the U.S. and the world. So trying to make it make the U.S. understand that China believes that it has always been in the right. Guys? Eunice, thank you. Eunice Yoon in Beijing for us this morning. In other news at the intersection of politics and business, Jeff Bezos slamming President Biden over the weekend. He responded to a tweet by the White House going after energy companies and gas stations by tweeting, ouch, inflation is far too important a problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. It's either straight ahead misdirection or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics. <laughs> exactly. A pretty good piece in, in, in the journal about that. Uh, as well, uh, a misdirection. But then, uh, Kilby, John Kilby, was on uh, one of the networks okay. yesterday, and and said uh, the president knows exactly what he's saying. He's very plain spoken, and there is no way that 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 was either a misdirection or not factually correct. So they're all on board, um, and they're all, you know, the, the journal points out they're all Ivy League educated economists that work at the Biden administration. You so, have to be wondering what they really secretly think. I know. I, I asked the guy, the really, the, we had a really smart uh, energy guy uh -huh. on that. I don't know if you, if, if you were watching, and I, and I said to him, do you, come on, there, there's time where you're saying this stuff where you're inside, you're laughing or embarrassed or something, and he, he kind of started laughing. I, he, he did. They know, they know, they know, but it's too bad that we try to put one over on the American people. Yeah. Blaming, blaming everything. When, I mean, gas was not gas. Oil was at $85 a barrel right. before Russia invaded Ukraine. Right. It's not like things were completely rosy. I mean, and prices you, were ticking higher. You know how many, fran how many gas stations, the what percentage of gas stations the Our big own. refiners actually own? It's, it's less than 5%, yeah. I think. So it's, it, 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 but we're hearing about I, we hear about food companies. Why are you making so much money? Just why lower have, why the price of lower chicken prices? Legs and it, it, just, sounds like, it sounds like Jimmy Carter. It almost sounds like oh, and did you see who liked it? I think it was um, I think the Chinese said some really fun. Did you see what the Chinese no. said about it? Finally, you're uh, Biden. Finally, you're understanding capitalism and how it's uh, you know the all the drawbacks from having a capitalistic system. Uh, yeah, Chinese state media, flack, praise Mr. Biden's tweet. This is awesome. Now the U.S. president finally realizing capitalism is all about exploitation. He didn't believe this before. 
That's exactly what you want. Yeah. Chinese Communist Party <laughs> liking your tweet. Uh, the, the ghost of Chavez dead? Hugo Chavez dead. The ghost of Hugo Chavez is like applauding. Tesla delivered more than 254,000 vehicles uh, during the second quarter, but that number's down 17.9% compared to the first quarter and below what analysts had been uh, predicting. China's COVID-19 shutdowns were a key factor in holding back production. And based on the latest figures, uh, Warren Buffett uh, backed BYD has overtaken Tesla as the world's uh, biggest electric vehicle producer by sales. Have you seen a Lucid out on no. the road? I saw one uh, parked at a pretty swanky uh, country club and I, I saw it. it. They're really cool. I wonder if it was placed there as advertising. Right. There's I some... mean, you saw it in front of a country club, right? I did. Yeah. I saw it. Or if it actually nice. belonged. I wonder if it actually runs. No. Yeah, I know. Maybe, uh, I mean, you don't, maybe it's, they need to, it's yeah, like they, a display. They need to bring it in on a flatbed and then take it. No, I, it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. How much do those cost? No idea. I would say it begins with a two, maybe, or at least a one in change. At least a one in one in high change. You can ask Phil. Meantime, Foxconn is raising its full-year outlook. The world's largest electronics contract manufacturer citing strong sales of smartphones and servers. The company says appropriate supply chain management and rising sales of consumer electronics have helped it offset concerns of slowing demand due to inflation and lockdowns in China hitting major clients like Apple. Remember what Micron just told us? Yeah. The other day, a slowdown in smartphones and servers. These consumer markets have been impacted by the weakness in consumer spending in China, the Russia-Ukraine war, and rising inflation around the world. COVID-19 control measures in China have exacerbated supply chain challenges for some customers, and the macroeconomic environment is also creating some caution amongst certain customers. Several customers, primarily in PC and smartphone, are adjusting their inventories and we expect these adjustments to take place mostly in the second half of calendar 2022. All those yeah. things that we were going to, I mean, even broadband, all those things that were going to happen forever, just suddenly people actually are leaving their house occasionally and like doing other things doing besides other being things. on the internet and Don't trading and as watching many. YouTube. Yeah. Streaming. I mean, we're in a pickle, I think, this country. Just. It's depressing at times, isn't it? And you don't think some of that is, is social media? Am I like, sound like a cranky old... You sound like the old man <laughs> shouting at the cloud. I know, but something it seems amiss. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Something yeah. seems I mean, there are certain I'm glad there aren't enough. I'm glad there aren't enough chips for some... Meanwhile, you know, we're supposed to be never leaving the house again because we're going to be playing golf and visiting Venice and doing all that crap with those go yeah. goggles on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to go anywhere. You're just going to, I don't know how you get the sights and sounds and. It's not the same. Of course, the sights and sounds, the smells of, of Times, Times Square. Square might not be so great. <laughs> Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, it's complicated. Mark Zuckerberg's make or break moment. Venture capitalist Sarah Kuntz on what Meta is doing for Wall Street and how low shareholders are willing to let it go. Right now, Meta is a Rorschach test for how you feel about Mark Zuckerberg. Um, if you believe in the bets that he says he's still making, you should be excited about the fact that he's hiring, you know, still a lot of engineers. 
And later, a pandemic record number of air travelers hit the skies this holiday weekend, in spite of pretty scary predictions for delays and staff shortages. There's just not enough pilots. There's not enough anything. A look at how they did with CNBC's Phil LeBeau. We'll be right back. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC, today with Joe Kernan and Melissa Lee. Here's Joe. Meta is down 52% so far in 2022, down 28% in the last two months alone among its latest uh, pain points, closing down its digital wallet project and a 30% cut to hiring as the company braces for more tough times ahead. Joining us now, Sarah Kuntz, Managing uh, Director at VC Shop Clio Capital. I, I wanted to... We can't buy stocks, Sarah, but I was thinking Netflix is a real company. Uh, these are all real companies. They, if you liked them when they were double or even higher from where they are now, wouldn't this be a time to, to build positions in some of these things? Yeah, I mean, look, Meta's lost half of its market value this year. So if you like Meta, you should buy Meta because this is a great time to buy it. It's now being seen as a value stock, right, alongside some of these other ones. And that's pretty unprecedented from what we've seen in the last few years of these tech stocks. You know, with Meta in particular, there are crazy leadership sh shakeups. Longtime COO Sheryl Sandberg left. You know, they're done with their crypto product. They're done as of, you know, last night it was announced of, of their, you know, peer-to-peer -peer wallet product product. It's, it's, you know, kind of having this work harder, leave Elon Musk style gauntlet throne moment with Mark, Buck Mark Zuckerberg saying, hey, you know, a lot of you guys who work here probably shouldn't even be here. That means he's looking to trim the fat. He's looking to cut costs. And that could work really, really, really well for the stock price. Or it might not. When you read last week about how many engineers they're going to need. And it was a big number, I mean, overall, but it was a lot less than we thought. Did that have to do with just the general malaise uh, in the economy? Or do you think the entire corporate strategy that Zuckerberg is, is now pursuing is, is questionable? I mean, I think right now Meta is a Rorschach test for how you feel about Mark Zuckerberg. Um, if you believe in the bets that he says he's still making in the metaverse, in the headset that they still want to launch, you know, and you believe that that's somehow going to drive ad sales and revenue dollars, then you should be excited about the fact that he's hiring, you know, still a lot of engineers, you know, but, but if you are concerned about sort of the journeys he's taking and you don't think this is an alphabet, a company that, you know, is going to end up spinning off 
a bunch of really interesting other businesses or even an Amazon with their, their web services and other things, then, you know, I think you have to ask yourself, do you think all of these other things are distractions from their core businesses of getting users to click every day and, you know, click on ads and, and, you know, some of their forays like into things like video short form and then now longer form with reels and the Instagram product, those are working. Um, but the pet projects, I think for a lot of people on the street, it's a little bit hard to wrap your head around the idea that in a year from now, millions of us are going to be sitting strapped to headsets on our eyes, you know, looking at looking in the metaverse. We have been talking about chips just as, a, as an aside for a while uh, and the double ordering, triple ordering and, and the notion that uh, when we were in the pandemic and we thought that we we're going to need these all these things for as far off into the future as you could see, that's no longer maybe, uh, maybe the case. Should we, should we take technology with a grain of salt right now in general, that, that it was, we carried too much of the, of the future? And I mean, we've go on social media right now, and every feed you'll see will be of people who last night were at fireworks with their phones out, recording every moment, right? So the question is, you know, do we need as many chips? Maybe not because we're not playing video games. You know, we're not doing things that, that take as much processing power. But do you really feel like you personally, um, you know, or your kids or your grandparents are going to put down your cell phone and go live your life unfettered by technology anytime soon? The answer is probably not. Okay. All right, Sarah, these are, these are the times that, that make, uh, you know, all, all of our long-term assumptions that we start wondering about. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's good. Good to have you on. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. The July 4th uh, holiday weekend uh, posing the latest test uh, to the airline industry. And Phil LeBeau joins us with a scorecard. Um, I don't know where you are. Yep. There you are. All right. I, we talked about this last week. Are you at O'Hare? Yeah. I am. You, and you were always, that was always planned, because I was, I was hoping I was going to see you there. I, I mentioned that last week. Yeah, and, and the scorecard, Joe, for the weekend for the airlines, look, they passed. They didn't fail, but this was not a great weekend for air travel in the United States. Certainly Friday and Saturday were very rough. Got better on Sunday and Monday. The raw numbers, according to Flight Aware, more than 1,800 flights canceled in the four days. If you go Friday all the way through Monday, that's about 2% of the schedule. Cancellations totaling more than 21,000. By the way, that's roughly speaking just under one out of every four flights were delayed, I should say, delayed at least 15 minutes, according to Flight Aware. Keep in mind, as you take a look at the major airlines here, we're talking about Delta, Southwest, and United. They all are, they're all trimming their schedules starting July 1st. Those schedules have been put in place, so there's less frequency, which should help, and it certainly helped go uh, over the weekend, especially as you got into Sunday and Monday. And then as you take a look at American Airlines, this was the story on Saturday. They had a software glitch with the internal scheduling system for pilots who are, when they're trading with each other in terms of, hey, I've got to take this flight, can you take this flight for me? They're bidding out for future flights. It had a glitch, wiped out 12,000 flights, so there was no captain or first officer. Eventually, they got that. It was only gone for a brief moment. They got it fixed. They got all the flights scheduled. The airline says there's no operational issues. The pilots say this is emblematic of what we've seen in terms of not investing during the pandemic. Remember, they're in the midst of contract negotiations, those two airlines. And finally, take a look 
at the ongoing bidding war for Spirit Airlines. We're talking about JetBlue, Frontier, and of course, Spirit. Remember, Spirit postponed the shareholder vote to whether it's going to be approved or rejected as a merger with Frontier. That is now scheduled for Friday. That will be the big airline story this week, guys. What happens as they move towards that vote? Does it get canceled altogether? Do they work out a new agreement? Do they perhaps reach an agreement with JetBlue? We'll find out this week. Ask me about the Lucid. I was going to Google Lucid. What, what's the top of the line Lucid go for? Uh, we'll, talk, we'll get back to Eric, but we, we said oh, we were going to ask you that earlier. <laughs> when we when, do you know? Do you, uh, know? you know, I, I want to say 159 to 170, somewhere in that range there. Yeah, the so, really, the uh, very limited edition, first edition. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Back, we, we, we have, you know, you're, you're a guy we can ask anything. So that, that's what we wanted to do. So the, the, this, this is going to be a story. I can't see why the airline story isn't going to keep happening again and again throughout the summer, uh, Phil, because there's just not enough pilots. There's not enough anything. Right. Correct. Correct. It will be a rough summer. And especially if you see a weather system pop up anywhere. That was the problem on Friday, guys. It was a smooth day until about 3.30 and then Boom, hit Atlanta, hit the eastern seaboard. You had a bunch of ground stops. Those ground stops didn't last for a long time, maybe 45 minutes, maybe 90 minutes, but that's enough. Once you have that come in place, may not be a canceled flight, but you certainly will see delays, and that's why we had terrible numbers on Friday. Didn't get much better on Saturday than, of course, Sunday and Monday. Fewer people were flying. That certainly helped, and the system did better. Phil, thank you. Phil Beau. You bet. At O'Hare. And thanks for listening to Squawk Pod on the first day of this short week. Don't they always feel longer? Stay in touch. You can tweet us our handle at Squawk CNBC. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate Squawk Pod or maybe write a review to let us know what you think. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. Am I like, sound like a cranky old... You sound like the old man <laughs> shouting at the cloud. I know. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.